the word of God says. Ephraim feedeth on wind and follow after the east wind. He daily increases lies and desolation. And they do make a covenant with the Assyrians. The oil is carried into Egypt. The Lord also has a controversy with Judah and will punish Jacob according to his ways. According to his doings, he will recompense him. He took his brother by the heel and the womb, and by his strength he had power with God. Yet he had power over the angel and prevailed. He wept, made supplication unto him. He found in him he found him in Bethel, and he spoke with us. Even the Lord God of hosts, the Lord is his memorial. Therefore, turn thou to thy God. Keep mercy and judgment, and wait on thy God continually. He is a merchant, and the balances of deceit are in his hand. He loveth to oppress. And Ephraim said, Yet I am become rich. I have found me out substance. In all my labors they shall find none iniquity in me that, that were sin. And I that am the, and I that am the Lord thy God from the land of Egypt will yet make thee to dwell in tabernacles as in the days of the solemn feasts. I have also spoken by the prophets. I have multiplied visions and used similitudes by the ministry of the prophets. Is there iniquity in Gilead? Surely they are vanity. They sacrifice bullocks in Gilgal, yea, their altars are as heaps in the furrows of the fields. And Jacob fled into the country of Syria, and Israel served for a wife. For a wife he kept sheep. And by a prophet the Lord brought Israel out of Egypt, and by a prophet was he preserved. And Ephraim provoked him to anger most bitterly, bitterly. Therefore shall he leave his blood upon him, and his reproach shall his Lord return unto him. I want you to just ask, your question, ask yourself a question. I can't tell you to turn to your neighbor and say anything, but just ask yourself this question. How bad do you want it? You may be seated in the presence of God. How, how bad do you want it? We've come to a turning point in our study of Hosea, and this is where the rubber meets the road. We got two more chapters to go. God is going to bring conclusion to his dissertation to the children. We were first introduced to Hosea and Gomer and the instructions from God as to their marriage and what this union would be a picture of. A word to married couples. Our unions are not our own. They are arrangements made in heaven to mirror a principle of God's heart. Just a thought. But when we look at Hosea, we see the struggles of the back and forth relationship. 
Then we hear of their indiscretions that they had towards God, their husband. The idol worship, the backsliding, the adulterous behavior, the worthless sacrifices, the right out betrayal of God. But we also see and saw the love of God that he has toward his people in spite of all this. It is this type of love that God hopes draws us to repentance. Romans chapter 2 verse 4 talks about how it is the love of God that draws men to repentance. It is not his, his hard hand, but it's, it's his love because how can we do a God so wrong that loves us? so much and because it is the father's desire to bless us and to be in relationship with us God doesn't use his power to control or make us love him he gives us freedom to choose him he wants us to desire him so we are now at a moment of desire God wants his children to choose us. And so he uses Jacob as an illustration of what he wants us to do. Jesus. Jacob is the foundation of the tribe of Judah. Sister Sean, could you pull that door shut? If you don't, we all going to be sweating in about five minutes. He is the foundation of the tribe of Judah. He is the father of, of Judah, the southern kingdom. And Ephraim is of that northern tribe of Judah. It is, it is the northern tribe of Judah that went off. And now Judah has caught himself up into that whole situation where God is dealing with the northern tribe of Judah. And, I, and I, I'm, I'm going to take my time a little bit because I want to make sure I don't miss anything or get too excited about what I'm about to say. There has to be a change of mind, a change of heart, a change in direction. There has to be a change of name if they are to experience the full blessings of God. Because I want to tell you this, you cannot get or access the full blessings of God based on your identity. You have to get it based on his identity. And it's funny because he says, Ephraim feedeth on the wind, on wind. And I know a lot of times when we see that word wind in scripture, it is taken from the Hebrew word ruah, which means breath. It, it, we identify that word wind with spirit, the breath of God, the of God. Come on, y'all better help me. I'm going to preach this morning. I feel it in my spirit. So he says, but in this reference, he's not talking about the breath of God. He's telling Ephraim that they are feeding on the wind and wind is literally literally a, a substance you can't see in other words it's not there it's it's chasing after something that's not there it's it's going after something that can't satisfy because they can't put their hand on it and he says he's following after the east wind and whenever you see east wind in scripture it represents judgment the east wind of God represents the judgment of God. So he's telling Ephraim that what they are doing is they are chasing after judgment. Because if you're not following God's will, if you're not following God's word, if you're going in the opposite direction of God's blessing, then you are chasing after judgment. 
That's why the Bible says that when we sin, we are heaping up for ourselves wrath in the day of judgment. So the more we walk away from God, the more we walk right into the wrath of God. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And God told you to do something, you tried to go the other way and you ran right into the wrath of God. That's what, that's what Jonah was doing when he disobeyed the call of God. He was chasing the east wind. And the Bible says that he went and there was a great storm that swallowed him up because the further you run from God's will, I don't know what whale is waiting for you. Somebody just go ahead and touch the person next to you and say, stop running. That's the wrong way. That's the wrong way. Just tell them, help them out. Tell them, I don't think COVID is in the hand. I know it's in the spit. So just touch them and tell them this. That's the wrong way. So he, he tells him, and then he says, I have, I got some issues with Judah too. I got some issues. And then he pulls in Jacob. That, that's really what I'm going to deal with today. I'm, I'm, I want to deal with, why does he deal with Jacob? Because of the controversy that he has with Judah, Jacob's children, Jacob's seed foundation. He has to go back to the foundation and allow him to see his father, their father, so that they can learn from that. Y'all missed it. Y'all missed it. He, he shows them their father. So hopefully they can learn from their. And he said, the Lord had a controversy with Judah. He's going to punish Jacob according to his ways, according to his doings. He's going to recompense him. He took his brother by the heel and the woman strengthened. And he had power with God. Yep, he had power over the angel. He prevailed. He wept. He made supplication. He found him in Bethel there. He spoke with us. Now, Bethel is the house of God. When you see Bethel in the Bible, it represents the house of God. When you see um, Gilead in the Bible, it represents the heap of testimony. It's a heap of stone. And when you see Gilgal in the scripture, it represents the place where God had rolled away the stone of reproach from off of his children. So when he uses all of this in this chapter, I'm going to get to the meat of my text in a moment. He's trying to let us see a picture. He's saying, listen, I built up your testimony because the Bible says that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. That, that everybody in here has a testimony. We have a, some of us have more than one. Some of us have a heap of testimonies. Yeah, I ain't going to say that. So, some of us can go ahead and create a whole room of just a whole closet of testimony. So, some of us got testimonies in closet that haven't come out yet, but you y'all ain't gonna say nothing. Yeah. Some of you got testimony that only you can go and testify about to yourself because you can't tell nobody else about that testimony. Then we got the church testimony, the, the, the one we tell everybody in the church. We, you know, we let them know we've been through all hell, but God, you ain't gonna say nothing. Uh, but God is good, you know, and you can handle that. But if I really told you my testimony, you might think I'm destined for hell. So there, there's somebody in here that ain't telling everybody. Uh, Y'all ain't gonna say nothing. He, eh, but but everybody got a Gilead in their life. But but it's there where God takes takes your Gilead and brings you to Gilgal, so He can roll away the stone of reproach, so that you're not ashamed of your testimony. 
I'm preaching already. I'm preaching already. He will bring you to a place where he can roll away what you did so that you can move on to where he's calling you. Because you can't go to where he wants you doing and having and holding where you've been. Y'all better help me. And that'll give you access to the house of God. But I don't want to deal with all that today. I want to deal with chapter 32 of Genesis. Because if he's bringing us to look at Jacob, I think we need to go visit the story of Jacob one more time somebody help me i'm about done up in here <laughs> y'all better come on so if you go to genesis chapter 32 and you look at verse 18 then thou shalt say they be thy servant jacobs it is a present sent unto my lord esau and behold also he is behind us. Now, let me let me set it up. Y'all know the story, right? You know, Nikki taught it in the young kids' Bible class. Everybody got this little Bible class that goes right along with the story of Noah and the ark and all those other ones. Maybe you didn't. Let me just bring you up to speed. But um, Rachel was Jacob's, was it Rebecca? It was Rebecca. Sorry, thank you very much. It was Rebecca who was Jacob's mother, right? And Rebecca really loved Jacob, right? And Esau, so you had two sons, Esau and Jacob. And in the womb, he said even before they got out, that Jacob tried to grab Esau's heel because he wanted to be first. That that might have went over your head. Maybe the theology, maybe the theological aspects and ramifications of what I just said just flew right over your head. But what I just said was that before they were ever born, before they ever took their first step, before they ever knew their brother's name, they already had a fight in the womb. Uh, see, sibling sibling fights ain't nothing new. I ain't gonna say nothing. So so, but but before they even came out, Jacob was like, get back in. <laughs> I'm coming out first, but Esau got out first. And so Rebecca loved and said, Rebecca, you know what we're gonna do? I'll tell you what we're gonna do. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna steal. Yeah, first of all, he stole his brother's birthright. He, he sold, he stole his brother's birthright for a bowl of soup, right? Because Esau didn't really care about it. He's like, okay, I'm hungry right now. Feed me, and you can have my birthright. That was number one deception. Then come along when his daddy was dying, he tricked him and dressed up like his brother and had his brother go lay his hand on him. You understand? Don't I, the ramifications of that is crazy in itself that the father didn't know who he was talking to. But anyway, uh, relationship. So he just gave the blessing away. To, so now he, there's a double whammy going on with Jacob and Esau. And Esau had a little class with himself. He said, all right, mama, you know, I'm I'm cool. I ain't going to let you mourn your husband and your son. I'm going to let him live. But I guarantee you this, there's going to come a day I'm going to kill him. So Esau was ready to kill his brother. You understand? And Jacob knew it. So now comes, uh, uh, here comes judgment day. <laughs> Y'all better help me. Because now Esau is hot on his brother's trail. And he knows he has to have an encounter. Because there is a place in his life that he cannot pass to without dealing with his past. <laughs> And so what Jacob did, because he had acquired all his wealth, he said, I'm going to send a gift over. <laughs> I'm going to send something over. You know how we do. You know, you think you could just go ahead and put some money on it. 
Like there's some problems you can't fix with a plate of food. So anyway, that's where we are in the story. And so he commanded it. He, the second and the third and all that followed the drove saying, on this manner shall you speak to Esau when you find him. And say ye moreover, behold, thy servant Jacob is behind us. For he said, I will appease him with the present that go before me. And afterward, I will see his face. Preadventure, he will accept me. So went the present over before him and himself lodged that night in the company. And he arose up that night. He took his two wives, his two women servants, his 11 sons, passed over the Ford Brook. And he said to them and sent them over the brook and sent over all that he had. And Jacob was left alone and he wrestled with a man with him until the breaking of day. And when he saw that he could not prevail against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint. And he wrestled with him and he said, let me go for the day breaketh." And he said, I will not let you go except you bless me. And he said unto him, what is your name? He said, Jacob. And he said, thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel for as a prince thou hast power with God and with men and has prevailed and Jacob asked him and said tell me I pray thee thy name and he said wherefore is it that thou doest ask after my name and he blessed him there and Jacob called the name of the place Pina for I have seen God face to face a theonophany I'll talk about that later on I seen him face to face and my life is preserved now, now, Jacob's name means to follow. It means to follow behind, but it also means to, to supplant. It means to deceive, right? A lot of times when preachers preach about Jacob, they talk about his name meaning deception because we understand that what he did was deception. But I want to tell you this, that he didn't deceive until he met his mother. <laughs> Y'all missed it. He, 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 he did. See, he tried to get his brother in the womb. That was his character because he was going to be first. He knew who he was even in the womb, but he didn't start deceiving until he met his mother. Oh, y'all, y'all catch it. That's why his name means to follow after. So when, because he was following the instruction of his mother, he deceived his father and his brother. You better be careful who you follow. Okay, I'm gonna leave that right there. So we understand that that's what his name meant. And it also means to overreach. Some people overreach. There's nothing wrong with reaching. I know God tells you with the head and not the tail, but be careful how far you go up to be that head. Oh, cause you might be overreaching. If God's hand ain't there and you go over what God's hand is at, you have just overstepped your boundaries. Oh, y'all better help. The Tower of Babel is all about not that they had all, they were in unity and they were trying to get to the heavens. Probably a good motive, but they overreached. And God said, whenever you overreach, I'll bring it down. I don't know who I'm talking to. 
So let me give you a couple of points, and we're gonna move on, cause I don't, I don't, I didn't forget what 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 my my topic is. And you're saying, well, Pastor, that's all good and fine, but what has that to have to do with 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 um what you just told me to say? How, how bad do I want it? I, I want it real bad. Well, I told you, Hosea is at a turning point. So the reason he already dealt with all this sin and all this stuff, he says, now it's on you. I need you to desire me like Jacob desired me. Check it out. Check it out. So number one, one point. I only got a couple and we're going to roll right through them. Number one, success. Success. How bad do you want it? But success is only in proportion to your surrender. You, you cannot have success unless you are willing to surrender. Ephraim literally means fruitful. That's funny that Ephraim actually means fruitful, but they were trying to be fruitful without surrender. They, they were trying to go through a lot of schemes and do it the world's way. They were trying to get in on what the other nations were doing, and that's why it wasn't working for them, because they weren't surrendering. They didn't want the, the responsibility that came with following God, but they wanted the blessing that came from following God. Oh my God. See, see, like like Jacob who stole the blessing and deceived his brother. They were trying to move in deception. They thought they could get over on God. They thought they could actually get over on God. But God saw everything. And you have to understand this, saints. Success in the spiritual realm will cost you something. Because the Bible says that we are to count the cost. It is going to cost you something. It may cost you your life. It may cost you your 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 relationships. It may cost you your, your, your ideas, your, your dreams. It may cost you your comfortability. I'm trying to preach up in here. It's going to cost you something. And you can't be like Ephraim who is trying to be successful in a spiritual realm working in worldly matters. It's not going to work. God says, you're going to give me what I want, not what you want to give me. So you have to surrender. And people don't like surrender because pride is my, it's me. I'm grown. I could do it. It ain't going to work. That's all I got to tell you. Try it. Tell me how that works out for you. So number one, success is only in proportion to your surrender. It's funny, if, you, if, you, if you're dealing with, see, doctors tell you straight up, this is what the labs say, um, this is what you need to be doing. If you don't, this is what's going to be happening. So you can either surrender to the plan or be over here. So we quickly rearrange some stuff. If you want, you're right, you're right, not necessarily, because you got some people who want, who just, they, they don't want to live, they want to enjoy. And that's the difference with God, you know, and I'm guilty, I'm preaching to the choir right now, you know, so it's a, uh, I don't, and then we come up with all false theology, it's our, it's our theological system, the way we come in, the hermeneutics of life play into effect, and we start thinking about, well, I don't trust none of the doctors, they don't know what they're talking about, I feel fine. How many feel fine people have been laying in a box?
So I know it feel fine. I know you think, yeah, you got it going on. I know it looks like everything is working, but there's something in there that's not surrendered. And that's what God wants. But we say, I'm surrendered over here. So why can't I just keep this? Okay, let me move on. I, I see y'all got, you got, uh, okay, let me go to number, point number two. We need to be in the center of God's will. How bad do you want it? That's, that's what he's telling them. He said, listen, you're, you're not in the center of God's will. Now, we want to know what's God's will for me, right? That's the, well, what is God saying to me? Let me bust your bubble. He ain't saying nothing to you. He's saying something to us. And until you start listening to the us, you can't get to the me. <laughs> Y'all, that was so good. I, I want to get myself offering on that one. <laughs> Listen, his will is in his word. This, this is his perfect will. It is written, the last will and testament of the Father, old and new. That's his will. This is your inheritance. Everything you need contains is, is contained in these books. Whew. You want to claim the will, but you don't know what's in the will. There are stipulations in the will. Right? I'm just going to speculate, but when I was getting high, I'm pretty sure there were some addendments in the will. Listen, if I go, don't give nothing to Andre because he's going to kill himself. Don't give me 10 grand while I'm getting high. That's gone. I OD. If he finishes school, if he da-da-da, then he can have this at this age, da-da-da. That's in the will. I wonder how many siblings would get the siblings would get along if it was in the will that they don't all get nothing. Oh my God, I'm gonna leave that alone. But anyway, it, it, we, 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 we need to understand the, how, the, how it lines up with guys where it's like, shoot, if, if, if they told me I was gonna get a million dollars at the end of the will, but me and my brothers and sisters all had to get along and have dinner every Saturday and Sunday and love each other, that's what we would be on Saturday and Sunday, loving each other, all good and fine. I don't care how bad it is, I love you. I love you, love you, love you, love you. Y'all better help me. So we try to claim things as our inheritance, things that are in the will, but we're not lining up with what God says we need to do because we need to be in the center of God's will. And listen to this. It, the center of God's will is not easy. Matter of fact, it's not comfortable. And, and despite what some preacher might have told you, it's not safe. And they say, I'm safe. 
in God's you is a lion. Listen, they died. They were beheaded and murdered and everything for being in the center of God's will. God's will is not safe. <laughs> it's going to cost you something. It could be confusing. But it's necessary if we want the blessings of heaven. Because heaven only responds to his will. You can't fake heaven out. Heaven, I, see, see, lo and behold, the angels that you are trying to persuade to bless a mess already saw what happened to Lucifer's angels. <laughs> and said, I don't want no part of that. So you either going to be in the direct line of God's will or heaven is not moving for you. Lord, your will be done. As it is in, y'all better help me. It's got to pass the boardroom of heaven. There is the, the only the executive orders only come through heaven. You better help me right there. God can bypass anything that hell wants to put on your plate, but you got to be. Somebody say in the center of his will. I dare you to say, not my will, but thy will be done. Yeah, see, it's hard to say that. Not my will, Lord, thy will be done. Even Jesus had to say, not my will, but thy will be done. I can't. I need your blessing. I need you to help me handle this cross. Because I know if you're sending me to this cross, if I got to go through the pain of this cross, you are going to give me the strength I need to bear this cross. Hallelujah. I can't step outside of that will. So, 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 what does that have to do? So, so Jacob had to handle his past. Somebody say that, write that down, that's three, handle your past. He's telling, he's telling Hosea and the children of Israel, handle your past. In order to proceed into his future, he had to handle his past. His crossroad is where, and your crossroad, my crossroad, this is where the crossroads are in your life. I'm preaching right now, we're about done. The crossroad is where he had to confront God. Where Jacob, he, he, he sent his wife and all his belongings ahead of him. He said he saw a gift. And now he, the Bible says he was left alone. How bad do you want it? See, you know you are at a moment of blessing. You are exactly where God wants you. To bless you. When you are alone. I'm talking to somebody who somebody walked out their life, they gone. What you thought you needed is gone. Some of your resources are gone. He didn't have nothing. He sent everything he had before and after. Y'all better help me. And the Bible says he was left alone. And when he got alone, that's where he met with the angel. And while he was alone, he was alone, he was aware, and he was apologetic. Ooh. God, I'm alone. I'm aware of what's going on in my life. I'm aware of how I acted. I'm aware of what I've done. I'm taking responsibility 
for what I am. Oh my God. And I am apologetic. Somebody help me. I'm just trying to keep with the A's. That, that just means repentant. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying, I'll teach you that in hermeneutics when we get to that class. So hey, that's why I like to stay with the A's or the P's or the R's. It's just a little thing. You know, that help preacher sounds real good. All my A's. Say, go, go ahead, pastor, with your A's. Alone, aware, and apologetic. <laughs> and let me give you the last A. It gave him an appetite. <laughs> There it is. There it is. Because cause when you're alone and you're aware of your situation and you are apologetic of where you are, it, it develops an emptiness in your soul that only God can fill. Y'all better help me. And now he is right where God wanted him. He had an appetite, not for him. Not for power, not for position, not for nothing. He just wanted God to bless him. Ooh. And the Bible says, oh, I could go ahead and preach it now. The, the Bible says, hallelujah, that, that he prevailed against the angel. Now, he, he saw God face to face. That's a denial, theophany. That's, that's a place in the Bible where God showed himself. There's only a few of them in the Bible. It's when Moses saw God in the burning bush, a theophany. That's when you understand. But now he's seen an angel. And whenever you see that he fought with the angel of the Lord, that angel wasn't Michael or Gabriel. That angel was Jesus Christ himself. That, that he got the he got the coals he got the hold on to Christ before he went to the cross. Oh my God! And he said, "I'm gonna fight with you, and I'm not letting go until you bless me." See, that's where he wanted us to be. That's desire. How bad do you want it? A lot of people say they want the blessings of God, but you're not willing to go through the wrestling match and tell God, "I'm not gonna let go until you bless me." The nerve of Jacob, his betrayal, his the conniving self going ahead and touching God the Almighty and having the nerve to go ahead and tell God I ain't gonna let go until you bless me they still ain't get it help me up in here Christian I thought that when God got me it was him that had to hold me but this word says it's not God that's got to hold you it's you that has to hold God y'all better help me God, he said I'm not gonna let you go until you bless me, I know you can bless me. I know you got the resources to bless me. And I done went through all this. I done sent everything back. I need you to bless me. I can't go over into my destiny with my old identity. And God said he prevailed. We can't even win a battle, and we got the Holy Spirit. Oh, oh, he didn't have the Holy Spirit. He had desire. <laughs> Am I going to get in trouble? I'm going to get in trouble. As the deer panted for the water, so my soul. One, one thing I have desired of the Lord is something about desire. 
Oh my God, there's, there's something about a fire that's shut up in your bones that, 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 that the world can't quench. There's, there's something about... Um, there's, there's, there's something and, and, and God said he prevailed see let me let me drop this on you the only time God will allow you to win a fight with him is when the fight is for him the, the only time God will allow you to win a fight with him is when he is the prize Oh my God, y'all better help me. How bad do you want it? How bad do you, he, he needed a name change. He said, he said, okay, I'm gonna bless you. I'm gonna bless you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna knock your thigh, your socket of your hip out of place, but then I'm gonna bless you. I'm gonna change your name. To, to Israel. One who fights for God. Because all your life, you've been fighting against God. But I'm going to change your name from fighting against me to fighting for me. Saul, why are you kicking against the bricks? I'm going to change your name from Saul fighting against me to Paul fighting. See, what a name change does is it confuses your enemies because they were looking for you, but they can't find you. They, they were looking for a deceiver, but his name was going to no longer be. He, he wasn't going to follow after mother. He was going to follow after God. <laughs> he, he, he was going to move from a position chaser to a God chaser. I, I thank God that he changed my name. Can, can I get somebody in here to help me whose name has been changed? That, that the enemy that thought they could get you, <laughs> they, they, they couldn't get you because your name had been changed. They, they came looking for you, but, but they didn't find you. They, you didn't give a mouth like you used to. You didn't cuss them out like you would, or you, you ain't slapped the taste out their mouth like you would, or, but because you got a new name. And they say, oh, you, you must, you, you must have changed. <laughs> that ain't the reaction I was expecting to get from y'all. See, but not only does a name change confuse your enemy, it identifies you. <laughs> It identifies you. I, listen, I don't care what mama or daddy did or did not do. When God gives you your name, it gives you your identity. It allows you to know how you can operate. Some of you have been allowing your past to name you. You are not your past. 
You are not your family's mistakes. You are not, y'all better help me up in here. You are not the pain that some man did to you. You are not the pain that some woman did to you. I'm preaching to somebody up in here. But God said, you are my child. I, I have called you out of darkness into the marvelous light. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. Y'all better help me. That should show forth the praises of him who called you out. I gave you your name before you were in your mother's womb. I knew you, ordained you, sanctified you, and called you. That's why what tried to kill you couldn't have. It couldn't have you. Somebody say, I know who I am now. And last but not least, when you know who you are, that's when doors open. See, identity is what opens doors. Pastor, you got to prove that to me. God studied my word, and I know that the Bible says that what doors God opens no man can shut. But I'm here to beg to differ. Because I ain't never seen God's hand come down and open no door. But I do remember where Jesus had resurrected and where they tried to shut the door so that nobody could get in. And I remember my Bible says that Jesus walked through the walls. Okay, okay, okay. See, the old Andre couldn't get through the door until I allowed God to change my name and give me my identity. And it's no longer I who live, but the Christ who lives in me. In Christ's name, when I walk through a door, the door don't see me. The door see Christ. That's why there's no door. Oh, y'all better help me. If I walk, that's why you got to be careful of going up to doors that you have not been anointed to go up to. Because they might just open. And just because they open and you go in don't mean you haven't overreached. <laughs> so, so, so as I close this message, my, my question is, how bad do you want it? And the, 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 the other part of that question is you got to want it bad enough to let you go. Do you, God is saying, I showered you in my love. I've given you my grace, my goodness. I fought off hell from devouring you. And all I want to know is, do you love, is my love worth enough to fight for? How, how bad do you want me? Are you willing to wrestle for my love? Are you willing to leave Goma and become 
Uh, are you willing? Uh, how bad do you want? Are you bad? Want it bad enough to leave the old you to become the new you? Old things have passed away. All things become new. You, you are a new creation in Christ. Oh, it's, it's a turning point. I know you say you want it. But it has to be in your actions. It has to be in your fight with me. Not in your fight with people. See, because the battle's not against flesh and blood. It's spiritual. And you can't win a spiritual battle until you have won a fight with God. That was David's whole MO. He knew. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Who is this? Coming against the armies of Israel. He already won the fight with God. He knew who his God was. That, that's, that's where your blessing lies. We ought to see the Abraham. We ought to see. We got God's seed in us. We, we, we're blessed. But there are things in our life that we have yet to let go. So God can't get to fooling you. And God said, let it go. We say we want it, but we don't want to let it go. We continue to do the same things that we know are destroying us. And then, and then God will throw a lifeline out. And we don't even use the lifeline. We don't want to say nothing to nobody. We don't want to let anybody. Because they'll think we're weak while you're sitting there getting killed and knocked upside the head by the enemy. And God has put all this help around you. And he said, how bad do you want it? See, there comes a place in your time, in your life, when you know you have to have God. Because what you're in is going to kill you. Because your past can run up on you and kill you. That when you want to move into your future, that you get to a place where you're like, I don't care what people think. I don't care what people think. I, I need I need help. I need help right here to get me to where I need. And I'm gonna I'm going to listen because I can't go into my destiny with that old person. Nah, and I need any anybody. I need any. I need all the prayers. Oh, it is I, Lord, that stand in the need of prayer. If I keep if I keep acting like I got it together when I don't got it together, when it falls apart, people gonna say I thought they had it together. But but I want you to know I don't have it together. That alone place. That's that alone place. Handle your business with God alone. <laughs> Let him deal with it while you're in your closet. So that you can come out fresh. What new name? Israel. Now we're fighting for God. We are saved, getting people saved. You're sharing your testimony. You're fighting for God. And God can't deliver you from what you won't share. 
You can't. That's the secret weapon of the enemy. Silence. It's a killer. Right? That's why I got all these movements. And all these movements are birthed because somebody broke. Silence. Ain't that something? When you have enough and you start talking. And enough people talking. Like I'm not alone. Took one woman to, to break silence and everybody opened their mouth. I, I don't know if you're being abused. Oh my God, not why right you. I, I, I don't know. I don't know if you're being abused. You, you might think that's love. You might be settling for that. And it don't always got to be physical. But it is that too. Some, somebody could be beating you up with their words. Because the, the, the thing, a women or men, the thing to keep you down is to beat you up with your words. Their words to make you feel less than. Because you don't know your identity. I'd rather eat at a shelter and be happy than to sleep with the enemy. For a two-piece box, you better help me up in here. That is what God has for us on today. bless you we thank you for your word we thank you for speaking to us give us that desire for some of us our appetites have have gotten stale but God stir it up to be hungry for you and what it is you have for us but God more than what you have for us what you have for us to do the work that you need done on this earth. Let us be a part of it. We thank you that we can be a part of it. God, we don't want to be like Gomer running back and forth. And one day we're in love with you and one day we're in love with the world. Help our, our relationship be committed to you. Where we fall short, we thank you that your grace abounds. We thank you that you love us. So, Father God, in the name of Jesus, as we leave this place, there may be someone on the social media who does not know you. We pray, God, that they would accept you as their Lord and their Savior. If that is you and you are out there and you don't know him and you want to receive him, you just pray this prayer. Father, I'm a sinner. I believe that Jesus Christ died and rose for my sins I ask that you come into my heart and live your life in me 
I thank you, God, that I am now one of your children. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for delivering me and help me to learn more about you. If you said that prayer, then pray that you inbox us on social media. We would like to get with you, be able to encourage you. We give you praise and glory for these things as we leave this place, but not your presence. Be with us until we meet again. Grace and peace.